0: Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched episode five, That Still Small Voice. As always, we'll begin with a synopsis. In the Enchanted Forest, we meet Jiminy, who reluctantly runs cons with his parents, dreaming of a different life. While selling their haul to Stiltskin, Jiminy makes a deal with Rumpel, who provides him with a vial. After his parents rope him into tricking a nice young couple into buying Elf Tonic, Jiminy douses his parents with Rumpel's vial, only to learn that they switched them. Jiminy is horrified to find the young couple have turned into wooden dolls, leaving their son, who had previously been kind to him, an orphan. Jiminy wishes upon a star to bring the parents back. The Blue Fairy cannot grant him that wish, but does make him a cricket so that he may help the boy. In storybook, Brooke... Regina tells Archie to stop feeding Henry's delusions, resulting in Henry rushing off to the mines to find proof of the curse. Archie goes after him, and they both get trapped in a cave-in. Regina and Emma have to work together to save Henry, but not before Henry reminds Archie of, if not who he really is, of who he wants to be. Roger, did you like this episode? I did.
1: I thought it was a good episode. Not a top five episode, but a solid episode. Very Archie-focused. Very Henry-focused, too. You get not just Henry kind of scheming around in the background or getting other characters to do things, but you actually have Henry kind of explaining why he believes what he does, why it's important to believe those things. He's actually the adult in the situation with Archie. He's the one who kind of guides Archie to be the man that he wants him to be. So, I mean, good episode. Um, There's definitely some things I have some questions about. For example, Henry, who we've talked about in the previous four episodes does a lot of crazy things for a 10 year old no one thinks to put security on this kid after they tell him not to do something i feel like personally if i saw henry and said go home i'm gonna put a body on him (laughs) just just he snuck out to boston do 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 put a body on make this kid i don't know listen for like the first time ever what about you
0: yeah i also really like this episode uh i think it was really good to see archie stand up to regina and this is this is Maybe one of the only Archie-focused episodes that we ever get. He's definitely in more episodes, but I don't know that we ever see more flashbacks of Archie, except for S. Jiminy Cricket, where he's supporting somebody else's story. So it was kind of interesting to see that, and also not a story that we've ever got. I don't think we've ever gotten in official fairy tale lore, uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Is there no Jiminy Cricket? Yeah, Jiminy Cricket's just in the movie Pinocchio. Like, I don't think we know anything about Jiminy Cricket, why he's a cricket that wears a top hat and (laughs) uses an umbrella. Okay. Um, And I also really like, I guess, moving into the first piece of discussion, this is one of the first times that we really see Regina and Emma work together to support Henry, and I really like that. It, like, really stands out to me. Obviously, it doesn't end super well for Emma, but... Uh, they're able to overcome their hatred of one another, especially Regina. Like, Regina calls Emma for help. That's, some, like, quality co-parenting. Like, pre-co-parenting parenting. I,
1: I interpreted that scene differently. Okay. I believed Regina called Emma to want to know where my child is. Like, I think she was basically saying, bring my child home, assuming that Henry was with her. She didn't call her for, like, help me find my kid. It was, where is my son?
0: Sure. Okay. I'll accept that. Uh, Although I do think it's impressive that they even have each other's phone numbers because at some point they must have said, I guess it's important for us to have these numbers so that we can talk about our kid who runs away to Boston all the time.
1: Or she's the mayor and she just has everyone's phone numbers for as long as you can remember. (laughs)
0: Um, But they do... Regina actually does say, help me, to Emma at one point in this episode. And Emma... Is very like the the first step, Regina says, Help me, Emma says, What do you want me to do? And she does what Regina suggests. It doesn't work. And then they do what Emma suggests and it does. Is it this- <laughs> they listen to? Is
1: this the beginning of we should have just listened to Emma in the first place
0: all along? She didn't know what she was going She didn't tell them what she thought they should do, though. Like, it's not like they didn't listen to her. It's just sure. that she hadn't offered a solution yet. And then when she did offer the solution, it was the right one.
1: That's fair. I-, I think Regina was determined to do it her way in the beginning and then finally realized, okay, my way didn't work. I don't care about who gets the credit. Just get me my son. Yeah. A desperate, you know, desperate woman. Let's talk about Regina for a little bit. Boy, she is ice cold. I mean, just the the way that she just talks down to Archie. I think you looked at me and said, you just can't talk to people like that.
0: And you really she, can't.
1: It was so mean. It was so cold and it was so like, wow. It's almost basically the longer version of I will destroy you.
0: Yes. Yes, it was the longer version of that.
1: What is her power in this town?
0: It's a great question. When the mines cave in... She sort of shows up at the scene and starts, like, directing things, which is not a thing that makes sense. That's not what a mayor would do. Maybe a mayor would speak about, you know, keeping the town safe and trying to figure out what to do next, but not at the scene. That's just so weird.
1: A mayoral press conference would make sense. A mayor directing traffic at the site of a potential disaster does not make sense to me that. Again, I understand that the town is obviously cursed and she's got a obscene amount of power. But, yeah, why is she just there? And just...
0: A- apparently she can also just destroy Archie's job and make him homeless.
1: Yeah, speaking of that, <laughs> isn't he a private citizen? Are therapists employed by the city in which they work
0: in? No. Although I believe that her threat was more, I'm very powerful in this town. I could make it so no one comes to, to see you, and then you don't have any money, and then you won't be able to live in your house
1: like that threat seemed like something that would make more sense coming from mr gold yes if mr gold walked up and said do what i say or your house will be taken back i'd buy that because he owns the town i don't necessarily buy that regina has that power and maybe it's a just an empty threat because you know regina's a scary person so maybe you don't want to find out i just again regina is her own worst enemy she constantly turns people who are afraid of her against her, or she creates enemies. I mean, Archie is terrified of her and willing to basically destroy Henry's delusions, and I put that in quotes. Of course. And then afterwards, has not only he decided he's not going to do that after talking with Henry, now he's against her. So if her and Emma were to get into a custody battle, Archie is going to side with Emma. And now Regina is in real danger of losing the thing that she cares about because she had to just talk down to Archie to a level. She basically pushed him to his breaking point and made another enemy. Like, she is her own worst enemy at every turn.
0: She always feels so threatened, too. Like, when Emma saves Henry, and, you know, she's... Regina is excited to see Henry, and she hugs him, and Emma tries to come up, too. And she, like, quite literally pushes her away. Which, I, I understand the threat, but that, like, anyone even someone completely unrelated like if i saved someone i would also want to be like are you okay like regardless of my relationship to that person and how ha- like she doesn't even stop to think about how henry might feel about that it like he she's pushing away someone that he feels very close to and it just doesn't it's not going to work out for regina the way that she thinks that it is
1: there's an earlier sparring match that they have and I think both of them you know she says that's my son Emma says he's my son too they kind of go back and forth and Regina wins the sparring match basically saying yeah keep lecturing me while my son's running out of oxygen and I, I looked over and said huh Regina finally won one of these sparring matches and yet at the very end Regina can't help herself and just it was a petty response to let me show you whose son this is but by pushing Emma away you're kind of showing Henry that you're kind of evil and don't really care about he just went through a traumatic experience and you're still trying to settle petty scores That's not very maternal.
0: It's really not. And don't worry, listeners. Soon these verbal sparring matches are going to turn into a physical fight, which is so exciting. Not in this episode, though, so we'll save that for later.
1: I'm going to make one last point about Jimmy Cricket. Weak man. Weak man. Weak man who finds himself and actually stands up to Regina, and I would say I wouldn't put him in the weak man category by the end of the episode, but at the beginning, the man is just so... He can't stand up to his parents. He can't stand up to Regina. He feels, just leave, man. Like, if you really don't like your parents that much, just walk
0: away. I think we can all relate to a parental guilt trip, which his parents flawlessly execute. The, my hip, my liver, you have to stay with us until we die.
1: Top five guilt trip in the yeah, show. That was.
0: Absolutely top five guilt trip. His his parents give me real, if for anyone that's seen the musical Les Miserables, his parents, like, are the master of the house people. They're, like, con artists that are quite quite funny, but, like, not in a super funny way. Like, they, they think they're funnier than they actually are. And, God, they are mean. Like, they're just so mean to their poor son who just wants to be happy and be nice to people.
1: It felt like their son is a uh, tool for them to get what they want, and they don't really care about him.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I
1: see no paternal instincts from those parents. They just see him as like, well, we need you to get what we want. And then once we die, do what you want because then you can be happy.
0: And I will say, uh, you know, again, Archie is cursed and his cursed self is cursed to be his worst self. But he he does overcome that with the help of Henry, which I think is really sweet. Um, in the in the elevator, Henry sort of compares Archie's life to Jiminy, Jiminy Cricket's life. Um, and even though Archie doesn't believe that he like does take something away from the story And when he stands up to Regina that is I mean he, he really like dresses her down and says I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do and you can do whatever you want but I'm going to do the right thing which is That's that's a big step for for someone that has never done something like that before in his cursed life, at least.
1: I would argue he does more than... He doesn't dress her down. He threatens her. Yeah. He basically says, mess with me and I will take the only thing you care about away from you.
0: It's true. He does say that. It was a
1: direct threat. I also don't believe that he's actually cursed to be his worst self. I think he is cursed to be exactly who he is. Mm. He's the same Archie, Jiminy Cricket. It's the same problem he had... He has a conscience. He just doesn't listen to it. And the same is true when he's Jiminy or he's Archie. I think the difference is, in this case, his cursed, quote-unquote, self in Storybrooke does the thing that he wishes he had done as Jiminy.
0: We also haven't seen the Jiminy Cricket that we know, really, at all. I mean, he's turned into a Cricket at the end of this episode and becomes Jiminy Cricket. But we haven't seen him let your conscience be your guide yet to Geppetto or Pinocchio so, I think that will come in the future. But yeah, he makes, I mean, he does has absolutely no idea what that vial of liquid that Rumpelstilson gave him is going to do to his parents. And he splashes it on his parents. It tries. Well, yes, I mean, obviously, his parents switch the vials because.
1: Which also, come on, man, you know your dad's a master <laughs> of sleight of hand. <laughs> You've been with them your entire life and it didn't even occur to you to maybe, I don't know, use a different bottle, do some kind of marking where you would notice, Now let's just use the same bottles we have lying around so that they could sleight of hand me, which his dad is obviously some sort of like amateur magician or master magician, whatever you want to call it.
0: He's a con artist, Roger. Well,
1: sure, but I'm talking about the sleight of hand and being able to move the tricks around the ears yeah. and things like that. He's obviously a con artist. They're both disgusting con artists. But yeah, like just, what are you doing? Like, what were you thinking there?
0: And- it- His parents are truly awful in that, like, yes, they also thought that the vial had some sinister intent. They had no idea where it came from or what he was going to do with it. But they were willing to just douse that on some innocent people who they'd already stolen from, which is pretty awful. And then they just, like, thought it was funny that they were turned into dolls. Like, they didn't care at all about that.
1: I think they thought it was more funny that, it was Jimity, the one with a conscience, who had done the horrible thing. That's probably, yeah. They were probably mocking the fact that, oh, you thought you were going to get your, like, revenge on us. And instead, you just turned these people who you were mad at us for hurting, but you've done a far worse thing to them than we ever did. It's
0: true. God, they're bad people. Yep. And he does, at the end, really want to make things right for that poor little boy who gave him the umbrella. It was so nice.
1: Parenting in the Enchanted Forest. Real... Real F-level quality here. I don't, you know, throughout this series, we're going to see a lot of people in their interactions with their parents. There's not many good, like, wow, you came from a good home. Most of these parents, the best parents seem to be the ones who are dead. That's about it. They win by not being horrible people.
0: I mean, it is a fairy trail tradition for at least one parent to be dead and the other parent to be an evil step-parent. <laughs>
1: Sure, but like, how many good parents do we even run into in the show?
0: Yeah, not many. I
1: can think of three off the top of my head.
0: Three couples or three people. singular people. Singular
1: people that I would say, like, <laughs> you were a good parent and you did a good job.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, they're they're sticking to their fairy tale roots. There, they're uh, they're trying to they're trying to stick with that theme that parents are awful and children are great.
1: So speaking of parents being awful and children being potentially great. Let's go to Mary Margaret. You said cursed on your worst self. Do you think this is Mary Margaret's worst self?
0: I think Mary Margaret is a very weak version of Snow White. Snow White is a powerful person that cares a lot about doing the right thing, and so does Mary Margaret. But Mary Margaret just never, never can quite seem to do the right thing or stand up to anyone. Um, and we'll we'll see a bit more of that later, but I think she's really struggling with this very strong feeling that she has for David that she like doesn't really understand, and the fact that he's married
1: Married, but he can't remember that he's married.
0: Right, which isn't really fair. Um, and Emma, Emma sort of becomes the parent the parent here, which is weird. But also they have no idea that that is, <laughs> is their relationship. And why would they? Because they're the same age. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they look like peers right now. Like, or sisters. That absolutely yeah. is the correlation that I make. Like, oh, these are two good friends or sisters hanging out, talking. And she's like, don't get involved. Which seems to imply that Emma had been involved with the Merry Man at some point.
0: It does seem to imply that.
1: Like, she's speaking from experience, it sounds like.
0: Although, it might not be personal. I mean, she's a Bail Bonds person. She's sure. seen people do a lot of shitty stuff uh, and catches them and brings them back to But she
1: course. seems to describe the hurt as someone who isn't just like, I've seen this. This seems like someone who maybe fell for Maid made man and then learned the lesson of, like, this just doesn't end well for everyone involved. Like, that discussion they're having isn't, like, a theoretical. It sounds like, don't do this. I've been there. This doesn't end well for you. Yeah. On the flip side, David, who is cursed, but has amnesia, seems like he's actually not his worst self. He seems like he's his best
0: self. Because well, he doesn't have, he's not really cursed. Because he doesn't have any curse memories. I mean, yeah, obviously he's cursed to be in this town that is not his home and he doesn't remember any of his family. But, like, he doesn't remember anything. So, like, he doesn't have curse memories to make him take actions that are his worst self
1: so i would argue i think we talked about this before when i said yeah gold is quote-unquote cursed but he's rich and in charge i'll take that curse all day yes david doesn't have his memories david does know that he's married to a woman he seems to have no connection with and has a very strong connection to a woman that he just met which feels like a curse enough as it's like that alone feels like enough to be a curse One of the things I said, though, when I saw Dave was like, this is the only time you really see David be, like, charming, charming. He's very clearly flirting with Mary Margaret. He's very clearly interested in her, wants to spend time with her. He doesn't cross any lines, certainly. I don't know if everyone would agree with that. But he just wants to be around her until he says the "The only thing that feels right is you. That's the first time that it seems like, uh uh-oh, I know what you're alluding towards here. But, boy, when they look at each other. Speaking of that, man... That's That's chemistry.
0: It's like electricity. Like you can like see it flying between them. Like it's like palpable. When they Good word I would like someone to look at me like either of them looks at each other.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's that's fair. I also don't think any other couple looks at each other the way those two look at each other in this show. Throughout the entire there's something about them that is honestly magical. Like they you can tell they enjoy each other, the looks in their eyes. It actually that there's a parallel when snow and charming in snowfalls when they look at each other towards the end when she puts the ring on, I saw the same yeah. look, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is the look that both of you gave each other of, like, yeah, we can't be together right now, or we're not going to be together, but there's something there.
0: And I would like to say that it is because these two people are such amazing actors, and maybe it is, but also clearly they feel that way about each other. In well, they're not life. dating
1: at this point in the show, in real life. Yeah,
0: it, it seems well, like they want to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's easy when you know, like, the outcome and you see it. I get... Though, I would have guessed that they were together. Like, I'd have been like, those two seem like they should be together. So they're pretty good on screen. It's
0: true. Mary Margaret does make an excellent point. Like, it would be so much easier if Catherine wasn't so nice. Catherine is so nice. Is that
1: an excellent point, though? Are we justifying wanting to have an affair because the woman is a bitch? Because that sounds pretty bad.
0: No, I'm not trying to justify that. It's just that she's so... I think it would be easier for David. Well, And to be fair, David was in a coma for a really long time. And he just woke up probably less than a week ago. And he's like trying to figure find his bearings. He has this like intense attraction to this person he doesn't know. And then he has absolutely no feelings for this other person that he doesn't know, but does know him. And he's actually married to that person.
1: I asked if Mary Margaret was her worst self. I feel like that question is part of her worst self. Mm. I think if Catherine were Regina-like, Mary Margaret could justify having an affair with David because obviously he's not going to be happy with this awful woman. It's the fact that she's not an awful woman is what I think makes Mary Margaret pause and say this is wrong, which is kind of screwed up.
0: Yeah, no, it is. Snow
1: White would not approve of that kind of behavior in the slightest.
0: That's true. Uh,
1: So in this case, she is her worst self. You want to describe, like, the interaction that David and and Mary Margaret have in this episode? Kind of the, you know, whether it starts with the hangman. Like, that, even that was charming, to be quite honest. I would never let you hang. I would make toes and give you a hat and give you a horse because I will always find you.
0: It's true. Um, I think that they are, they're clearly flirting constantly, but, like... I mean, it's not that weird for a hospital volunteer to play hangman with a sick person that's recovering, but in a flirty way and saying stuff like that, no, that's not normal behavior.
1: This is a classic schoolboy, schoolgirl crush where you can look and be like, it's not that weird. Yeah, in isolation, in a vacuum, all these things are relatively normal. Put them all together, this is very clearly flirting. And there's very clearly an attraction between the two of them. I don't think anyone would deny that.
0: You can see her resolve melting, too, because she, like, took Emma's words to heart, and she, like, goes back into the hospital, and she's going to leave, and David is like, do you want to go for a walk with me? And she's like, yeah, I do want to do that.
1: The, the conversation they have when they go on their walk, where he makes the line of, you know, you're the only thing that makes sense, and then he says, Catherine. At first, I thought he was thinking, like, no, my wife. And in fact, what he was actually saying is, oh, no, my wife is here. <laughs> That was an excellent little play on, like, the, no, think about Catherine. No, no, I'm not thinking about Catherine. I see Catherine. Like, she's literally present right here. And then you see Mary Margaret, like, wow, shit.
0: And just, like, Catherine is, like, completely oblivious to, like, anything going on. She's just so nice to Mary Margaret. She walks up. I don't know how she can't see just, like, fireworks flying between these two people. And she's like, oh, hi, thanks so much for walking with my husband. Bye.
1: Well, so that brings up an interesting point. Do you think Catherine doesn't see it?
0: She does later. I don't think she sees it now. I think
1: she does. I, I think she sees it, but it's more or less like she has guilt. Remember, she says it was my fault. I wasn't there enough. And she's not there. Like, she's not the one who's there volunteering with him. She wasn't the one who was reading with him. She wasn't the one who was taking care of him. You know, they didn't have enough volunteers. Well, Mary Margaret's on the scene and she's not I think she sees it and probably is still blaming herself Mm. for not being there for her husband who is in a coma and now needs help. And she's never around. She only shows up kind of to just be the third person. So she probably sees it but goes like, well, it's not that bad because people are going to rationalize things. And this wouldn't happen if I were present more. So she is trying to make herself more present. Just, you know, she happens to be the thing that dampens the water on the fireworks.
0: Well, and I think, too, she doesn't feel anything for him either. Like, she has memories. Like, she i i think i'm sure that she like she feels the guilt because she has these memories where she remembers being happy with him but she does probably doesn't actually like feel it in the moment because she doesn't she doesn't care about him at all she doesn't love him um but the curse is telling them telling her that she does
1: hmm i don't know i think she does love him or i think she thinks she loves him
0: Yeah, I think she loves the idea of him.
1: Like, I think she loves, yeah, the idea that they were happy together. So Mm -hmm. she just believes if if they get back together, that feeling will come back together. Catherine's an interesting one because she she didn't do anything wrong. But she does seem like the person you're not rooting for. And uh, kind of like what Mary Margaret says, it feels like you don't exactly know how to feel about her. You don't want her to get her happy ending. But she didn't do anything to make you not want her to get her happy ending. Yeah. So she becomes a very interesting character. And then as you find out the person pulling his dreams, which you kind of assume is Regina at this point anyway, I wish there had been a true interaction with Regina and Catherine later. Kind of like I said with Regina and Maleficent. Where it was like, how could you do this to me? Mm-hmm. I did nothing. Like, Catherine never does anything to Regina that should make her do We We it.
0: do get that.
1: But not in the, it's not the like post cursed memories oh. where it's like you did all of these things to me you made me think i you know it's like you did all of this and i did i get why like snow would be like yeah i know why you did this to me you hate me because i ruined your life mm-hmm. Catherine was like i did nothing to you and you just did this to me like that's the thing that i think regina should have had to reconcile yeah was all the people that she heard besides that
0: yeah there's a lot of things that regina should
1: have to reconcile <laughs> and she does a lot can we talk about blue real quick
0: yeah we can talk about blue Blue does she fair? make a good
1: decision in this show ever?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. There's actually like a lot of Reddit conversations about whether Blue might actually be evil. Uh, she she seems fairly innocuous in this episode, though she does turn Jiminy into a cricket, which he wanted, but it's a weird choice. It's a, it's a weird choice, Jiminy, to want to be a cricket. I know you're trying to honor this cute little boy's memory and his love of crickets, but dude, it's weird.
1: I think it makes sense to say, like, you um, accidentally or inadvertently turned his parents into dolls. So now you're the person who needs to take care of this boy and watch over him. That makes sense. Because he's an adult at this point. It doesn't make sense to say, we're going to have you do it in the form of a cricket. I get that you love crickets. That's fine. But wouldn't an adult male be more helpful to protect Geppetto as a boy than a cricket? Because at this point, Geppetto would have no adult in his life to do anything for him.
0: It's true. Well, and I I would not say that Blue is omniscient, but she does Oh, whenever she shows up, she seems to, like, know more about what's going on than has been told to her. Like, she shows up, she hears his wish, which is please bring the boy's parents back. And she says, I can't help you with that, but this little boy who's, like, she knows all about the little boy and that he's gonna need help, and if she knows all of that, like, why didn't she show up before he turned the parents into dolls? Like, couldn't she have done something there? Like, can she only arrive from the stars when she is called upon with a wish? So I think,
1: and we will run into this later. I believe this point is explained that, I, or at the very least, I think Rumple says, "Why do you only ever show up after the bad thing has happened? You're never actually there to prevent anything bad. True. You're just like, here's something bad that happened. Let me try to fix it." And I think Rumple's point is, if you just intervened ahead of time, a lot of these bad things wouldn't have occurred. I think. In fact, that's one of the arguments that one of the fairies who goes rogue does. They try to intervene early, and obviously, they make it worse. So maybe there's a cost for that.
0: Can we also talk about her truly bonkers costume? Bonkers? Like bo- boobus? Oh, because I didn't
1: see anything past the breasts. I, it, like
0: I, I just it, it, typically in this show, only evil characters have cleavage
1: or massive cleavage. Like because like Belle will have cleavage. We'll run yes. into her later. But Regina is the one, obviously, who dresses very sexy. Like so she's very sexualized as the Evil Queen.
0: Yeah. So does Zelina in later seasons. Yes. But but only as the witch. Boy, I just what a and it's it's like a really bad costume. Like it it just it looks like something that a little girl would wear not the booby part but <laughs> but, the, but the the rest of it with it like it has like weird frills and like a weird hoop skirt. like it looks like like a modern day conception of a fairy, not like what the blue fairy actually looks like, which is kind of like a blonde angel in a nightgown.
1: She looks like like you said what a little girl would conceptualize a fairy to potentially look like, which maybe is why they show up like that because you're supposed to wish. so it's kind of like you this is your imagination of them. But boy, I, I mean, okay, that's a lot of boobs to imagine.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting costume choice. I, I,
1: I, I love a lot of the costume pieces and choices. I think the blue fairies one, and not because she shows cleavage—that doesn't bother me—but it's just I don't think this is a good costume. I don't think it fits thematically. Like, and the
0: other fairies don't dress like that. Like nope. we'll meet more fairies in the future, and they do not it's dress just that a way.
1: blue thing. And blue obviously doesn't dress like. And maybe it's for the contrast of how blue dresses as a fairy, as opposed to how she is in Storybook when we run into her later, because it's like that complete opposite. Yeah. But yeah. I think Blue is one of those ones, like much like you alluded to with the Reddit theory, where if she's not evil, she's doing a lot of things to help the evil plot along. I don't know how much good she does, but I know how much bad she does, and it's a lot of bad. Yeah. Like, a lo- and just, the first thing I wrote down was, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Which will probably be something I say about Blue at least ten times. Like, what yeah. was that decision? Why would you think that's a good idea? Like, Rumple, we know why he makes the poor decision she makes. I don't know why blue makes the poor decision yeah
0: i mean i guess that's fair uh we're being a very harsh judge of a character that we know very little about so writers it would have been nice if you could have told us more about the blue fairy uh or fairy rules
1: at least yes
0: we will talk more about the blue fairy in future episodes for sure because she is an interesting character with some bad choices a couple other things i wanted to touch on um we have seen Mr. Gold's pawn shop before, but we, like, got to be inside. We saw the dolls sitting inside the pawn shop. And I think it's kind of the first time that we realized that the pawn shop is, like, full of stuff that is, like, memorable and important from the Enchanted Forest. I think it was kind of an interesting choice for Regina to bring all that stuff uh, with the curse, because it might mean something to people.
1: Are we sure that Regina brought it?
0: I guess I guess Gold could have brought it. Yeah. Um, But so a lot of the things in the shop we will later learn are not things that were necessarily in Gold's possession. They just ended up in his possession through the curse.
1: Yeah, so one of my questions when watching this initially, and even now, is how much does Gold know that's going on? Because if he is still awake, let's say, he could still be manipulating things to be acquiring more and more things. Because if he's the only person in the town besides Regina who knows what's going on, it's true. he could be acquiring items that came in other people's possessions or grabbing them, right? Because he's kind of always behind the scenes. What do you think he wanted? So he, as Rumple in the flashback, says, "I will collect them, and that will be my fee." That implies that those dolls had some sort of value to him. But I have no idea what the dolls' value was.
0: I think that's a very like fairy tale Rumple stiltskin thing to want. Uh, and actually, when Jiminy brings him. So, Jimny s- sells things to <clears throat> to Rumpelstiltskin that he steals for his parents. And not only does Rumpelstiltskin want the things, he wants the people's names of the things who the things belong to. So, I, I, I think there's probably some sort of powerful magic in these two dolls who he now knows the name of. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do with it. It seems like some sinister spell situation I don't know, but that that seems fitting for things that Rumple has wanted in the past.
1: My initial, I like, guess, was a guess that you made earlier, which is he might be looking for true love. Mm. And if those two have true love, maybe he's trying to find a way to extract it out of them.
0: Oh, that's an interesting thought.
1: The only thing that gave me pause is that he was okay with collecting the dolls of Archie's actual parents, who were like the opposite of true love. Cuz remember, he assumes that Archie's oh. going to do it to his parents. Now, maybe he knows that Archie won't be able to do it to his parents. So, like, remember, he's always 15 steps ahead. So he probably realizes that it's going to be swapped and it's going to be Geppetto's parents. But if he was, he's probably like, I'm going to take either one. I'll take the extremes of the worst parents you've ever seen. And maybe it was just, he just hates bad parents. And he was like, I'll just keep you as a trophy. That's totally something I think Rumpel would do. Makes sense. Or maybe there's a true love plot there.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it wouldn't be completely unlike Rumpel. Occasionally he does help. And it's usually like for his own means, but he may have wanted all of, like maybe he wanted to let Jiminy go free and become a cricket so that he could help the little boy.
1: Because Rumpel, deep down, is a bit of a good person still.
0: He also has a thing for sons, like lonely sons. May
1: are- all sons be long- reunited with
0: long lost fathers. Yep, we'll learn more about that later. My last thing. Um, as we've talked about before, I love Lost. We saw some Apollo candy bars here, which is a fake candy bar that also appears in Lost. Um, so they, are, we, are we meant to believe that Once Upon a Time and Lost are in the same universe? Are we going to get some smoke monsters? Who knows?
1: I did not catch that because I did not watch Lost. That, it would not shock me if they were in the same universe. Probably maybe in the same universe as Manifest. Let's just presume that there's all one big <laughs> co- interconnected universe. That's a good little Easter egg that I think is funny. I believe we see that down in the mine, correct? When, he, when Henry hands that to Archie?
0: The first time we see them is when he pulls them out of his backpack when Archie is concerned that Henry is going down to the mines. But yes, he gives, he gives Archie an Apollo Candy Bar in the mine.
1: There's one last thing that we actually didn't touch about that's a very important piece of this episode. The thing that is actually in the mine that Henry discovers is the glass coffin of snow white and i think he just recovers a piece of it yeah and in the end he's the only one who ends up seeing it i don't think archie sees it no and it comes into regina's possession and regina drops it down no one ever sees it again you know whatever but once again henry was right like he's got proof now now and emma uh, i'm sorry and regina basically destroys said proof
0: yeah she drops it down and we see the full coffin and in fact yeah yeah you're totally right henry is right because she says we're gonna we're gonna take this down, we're gonna pave it and cover it up. And Henry says, "What's down there?" He wants to know.
1: Why didn't anyone see through what Regina was doing? Besides Henry, like that was a very clear. Why do you already have a plan to bulldoze this, and you're not interested at all? What could be potentially Because They're be down terrified
0: there? of her, and they've been engineered to be afraid of her. Emma's not. That's true. Emma is. Emma's not. the one. Person and Emma does joke. see. Th- I mean, I would not say that she sees through, but she does. She puts on the badge, it causes an earthquake, and Henry says, what did you do today that was different that may have caused this to happen? And she literally touches the badge. Like, I'm not saying that she believes at this point, but I think this is another, like, chink in the armor where she's like, that is weird that I, like, put this on. I decided to stay here for the long term, and something happened.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's another crack in the armor. Like, uh, there's, in isolation... These things wouldn't really seem all that weird. You put them all together, and it's like, this seems very, very strange at yeah. this point. Also, Regina gaslighting Henry. is just, it's so, it's so much so worse bad. by each episode. I understand wanting to protect your curse, and this is, you know, a three-decade-old thing that you've done that you want to keep control of. But it seems like Regina does love Henry. But she's willing... It's like, the ends don't justify the means on this one. And Regina's just like, I'm going to make my son feel like he's crazy. I'm going to tell my th- his therapist to make him seem like he's crazy. And you just have to hope that he never figures this out. Because if he does, he might never forgive you for this.
0: Well, yeah. In addition, obviously, terrible to Henry. It gets worse before yeah. it gets better. She also, like, threatens to destroy Archie's livelihood for, like... The truth. Like, it's the truth. The thing that Henry is talking to him about is the truth.
1: The truth that she knows is true. It would be one thing if she also didn't know the truth. Yeah. Case. Then I could understand that. Like, stop feeding in his delusion. But you know he's right. Yeah. So this is... It's this, not okay. Bad parenting has crossed over past the enchanting forest and enchanted forest and also is in Storybook, thanks to Regina. Anything else you want to touch on?
0: What was your favorite moment in this episode, of Roger.
1: Archie puts Regina in her place was it was one of the rare times so like Graham kind of talks Regina out of her bad thing in a few episodes, but really just kinda has her pivot into another bad thing. Archie basically takes his jello spine and develops an adamantium backbone and is like, <laughs> you know what? No. You're gonna do you're gonna let me do what I want to do, and if you don't, I will take Henry from you. And stares her down and basically puts Regina on her heels in a way that only Gold had done it at this point. It's Emma, Gold, and Archie are the people who basically told Regina kick rocks. That that's pretty badass for a man who's entirely weak. That's one of the most badass things he's ever gonna do.
0: Yeah, it was it was really cool. I actually originally had that, and I did change it to Regina asking Emma for help. I thought that was like a pretty big, mm. I, I, considering her arc as a person. I think it's a pretty big step. To, like, really put Henry first, especially considering how much gaslighting she does in this episode. Um, so, like, I, I it just, it, it, like, got me in the feels a little bit. It didn't make me cry, but it, it got me. Um, and I think that, I think, I think you're totally right. It's a great moment. Archie is amazing. And I will have, I will talk about Archie a little bit more in a minute. Most ridiculous moment?
1: Not putting security on Henry. <laughs> this kid has two established traits. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants, and he is always going to sneak out of whatever quote-unquote prison you put him in. Just sit in the car. He ain't sitting in that car. Oh, kid, I'm just going to drop you off at your mom's office. He ain't going there. He <laughs> never does. He got you in Boston. Why would Emma and Regina think this is even possible? That just At some point, just put security on this kid.
0: Questionable parenting.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep, very questionable parenting here.
0: I have two. Um, Archie's lucky umbrella saves him as the elevator is crashing in the mine shaft, he somehow attached it to the harness that Emma was wearing.
1: No, um, oh, I didn't find that that ridiculous.
0: I mean... It was fortunate. It's, I, it was very lucky. Yeah. And we know how I feel about luck, Roger. Um, in a show about magic. In a show about magic. And then I think the other one, Jiminy chooses to be a cricket. <laughs> Just... What? Why? Why would you... A cricket that also can't talk for some reason? Like, it makes cricket sounds? We live in the enchanted forest. Like, why does he make cricket sounds?
1: <laughs> why does he want to be a cricket? Just leave, man. Like, I wish that my parents would just let me go free. would have been just as easy.
0: I mean, he could have... Because I, I understand Blue does say, like, you will live as long as you need to to help this boy. So he's... Because clearly, the, Geppetto becomes older than Archie at some point. Sure. But he could have also just wished, can I live long enough to support this boy? Not like, can I become an immortal cricket? (laughs) Just a weird choice. Um, I'm going to switch these two up because I feel like it's fun to talk about the winner at the end. So who do you think the loser of the episode is?
1: That actually is a very tough answer for me. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go first. I'm, I'm debating between two.
0: Yeah, it's Geppetto's parents for sure. They're, they're, they turned into dolls. They did absolutely nothing wrong. They were completely hoodwinked by people that they should have known who were hoodwinking them.
1: I had Geppetto as my loser because he lost his parents for the same exact reason. Yeah. The only other one that I, I felt maybe had lost a little bit was Mary Margaret.
0: Yeah, I think it's too... I, I, I think there's, a, there's more to this arc that we haven't gotten yet. I don't think we've reached the end of the arc so we don't know that she's lost.
1: I, I would say from within this episode it's a loss in the sense of you now know this man is probably in love with you but you also know you have no business pursuing it so it's like the thing that you you finally found the thing that you have been waiting for you want true love you want someone who's into you and it happens to be a married man who just got out of a coma and his wife's around that's gotta sting pretty badly she would be the runner-up. I agree with you. It is Geppetto's family. Just terrible L. Terrible loss here. Like, just tragic, tragic. For doing nothing wrong. These were good people who talk, took in bad corners. Like, just yeah. bad decision to be yeah, a good they, person. Yeah, they
0: offered them a meal when they, like, clearly didn't have much. Like, part of what they paid in was, like, the pot that they used to boil water. Like, that's just sad.
1: For snake oil.
0: Yeah. For snake oil. Rainwater, as we learn. And your winner, Archie. Yeah, hundred percent, Archie. It's Archie grows a spine. Archie. Could have
1: been the title of the episode. This was. <laughs> he won't win maybe another episode in this entire series. But this, this right here, was basically and similar to the way Gold did it. For the entire time, he looked so weak and so bad, and and Regina was kind of the one pulling all the strings and pushing everyone around. And then Archie goes, No, I'm sick of your crap. I'm gonna do it my way. And if you've got a problem with it, go kick rocks.
0: And the I I mean I guess the the runner up here, which I cannot claim as the winner because he ran into a collapsing mine. (laughs) But he inspires Archie to do that. Like He inspires Archie to find that small voice inside of himself and listen to himself. Uh, He also, you know, runs into a mine to find proof of a curse and thinks that candy bars and flashlights are gonna help him survive.
1: I, I almost picked Henry because he actually does find the glass coffin.
0: That's true, he does.
1: However, to paraphrase um something you said earlier we have to be careful about not picking henry as the winner of every episode because he is kind of the person who engineered all of this from the beginning doing bringing emma back and he's kind of the person who's the only one who believes in it so while i think he's maybe the winner if you look in a high in episode to episode this is Archie's victory. Oh, it's certainly. absolutely
0: Archie's victory. But,
1: yeah, I think when we get to the end of the season, Henry's going to be in strong contention for who won this season.
0: And I think it's an interesting point, too, because I was I was thinking as I watched this episode, like, is whoever is f- we're focusing on the episode going to be the winner of the episode? And a lot of times that'll be true because we learn a lot of information about them. But in the episode where we learn about Regina's curse, Regina was not the winner of that episode.
1: Regina, though, unfortunately, is not going to be the winner early because she's her own. Was yeah most of the time probably in the flashbacks you're either going to see a clear winner or a clear loser from the subject of the flashback. so Archie may have been the clear winner because he was the subject Geppetto was the clear loser because they took the worst thing to happen to them and then what I find is kind of interesting about that though is that as we move later and later you start to see how these things now are more intertwined I think that's when the winner and losers will be less clear
0: yeah We didn't hit any of our counts in this episode. I didn't cry. No magic beans. No riding of horses. A days ride away. Um, I guess we talked a little bit about we should have listened to Emma, but but there wasn't. It wasn't like she said something and people said no. This this was
1: the prequel to should have just listened to Emma in the first place. Yes,
0: that was the prequel to that. Um, What are you looking forward to next week, Roger?
1: So next week, I believe we're at the Shepherd Boy.
0: Yeah, the Shepherd.
1: Anytime I can get more David or charming, I'm in. Great, like just. I would argue he is the best male character on the show and the best relationship on the show.
0: I, I'm sorry. Did you just say that David is the best male character on the show, not your favorite character, yeah. Rumpelstiltskin? I,
1: I love Gold, and I love Rumple, and he is awesome. But he is certainly... Like, if I did a ranking of the best men in the show, he is not better than David. Okay. Like, David would have not made all... And he makes mistakes. Don't get me wrong. Gold is not his own worst enemy because Regina exists, but... Gold makes a lot of poor choices throughout the years. You're like, man, I get that you, like, made up for it. You could have taken a better path. And he knows it. I mean, he, he does. He's The one thing that I like him doing is he does realize he makes a mistake pretty quickly. And then he will pivot fast. Whereas, like, David kind of just makes the right choice most of the time pretty quickly.
0: It's true. Yeah, he does. Um, I'm looking more forward to more Regina and Emma working together. I think... That's, a, that's that's something that I enjoy. It's not just them, too. Like, people that don't like each other working together is a, is a favorite of mine in general. Uh, like
1: odd couple situations? Yeah,
0: odd couple situations. Or, or just, like, un, unlikely pairings of people that we don't usually see together, which is not really the case for Emma and Regina, but we'll, we'll see that with other characters in the future. I also honestly can't remember, so I'm thinking if I've watched the show eight times, it probably doesn't happen a lot. Really looking forward to more Archie being a badass. I don't think we're going to get a lot of that, but but I would like that. Very excited to talk about David and learn about how he became David. And uh, yeah, join us next week as we talk about The Shepherd.
1: See you next week.